0: they can't go on. Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 27th of July 2010. Now, newcomers, look into cuttingthroughthematrix.com website. I always advised uh, this at the beginning of every show, then I don't bother you all through the rest of the show. So, I advise you to go into cuttingthroughthematrix.com, bookmark the sites to see you listed. These are the official sites. And you find hundreds of audios of the talks I've given over the years for free download. And remember, they all—all all those sites have the same audios. They all have transcripts of a lot of the talks I've given for print up in English. And if you want uh, other languages, go into alanwattsentinel.eu. You'll see that listed there too. And you get the same audios, but you get transcripts in various languages, languages of your choosing. So help yourselves. And when you're there, remember, too, that I'm the only host out here who's not getting rich off advertisers because that's how hosts make their living. Uh, They bring them on as guests generally or mention them so many times throughout the show. That's what pays pays them. I mean, people have families and all the rest of it to support, so that's how they get by. I don't do that. Uh, The ads you hear on this show are paid by advertisers directly to uh, RBN for the show and the broadcast and their staff and equipment and their bills and so on So sub to help me out And this way too I've got a freer hand to talk about different things uh, Without pretending and being guests on and stuff like that Which a lot of them certainly do And it's really they really add pitches So I, I've got a freer hand just to uh, prattle on with my mouth here About different things that really matter because time is short, uh, but really is short to see really steamroll this new system through across the whole world at the same time. And most people are oblivious of it. Help me out, too, by purchasing the books I've got for sale. You'll see them on the site. You can use a um, uh, personal check from the U.S. to Canada. You can also use an international postal office uh, order from the U.S. to Canada. Um, PayPal for ordering uh ordinating it's up to yourself Use a, a donation uh, to to send it to me for an order And a separate email with the order in it To your name and address And I'll get it out to you Same across the rest of the world You've also got Western Union Which, which is pretty hefty with a, a fair fee on top of the wire So uh, that's one thing to consider uh, There's MoneyGram, I think it's a bit cheaper And some people send cash. Others use PayPal for donating and for purchasing. Remember, for purchasing, send all the info on a separate email uh, with your name, address, and order, and I'll get that out to you wherever you happen to be across the world. And, you know, we truly are moving at one breakneck speed into a new world order because the machinery for it and the organizations uh, to, to deal with it were set up before you were born and heavily funded because they knew, even before World War II, that they were going to bring in a new order across the world where experts would rule the public under the guise of science. They'd be scientists, most of them, are experts. And we find that Russell and others talked about this copiously. And we already have it today. You don't know how many little towns and villages and cities have so many unappointed, unelected people, I should say, appointed to their boards um, who are in charge of non-governmental organizations, primarily to do with what they call sustainability, which all comes out again from the Club of Rome, who blamed mankind as the enemy of the planet, and they said they'd have to find a way to make him think he is the culprit And they have, basically. Most folk at children's school truly believe that man is the enemy of the planet. Overpopulation is all their fault, even though all the Western countries are plummeting in population growth uh, by having their own children, not having children, and its immigration is keeping it up. I'll be back with more after these messages. This is Alan Watts. we're cutting through the matrix And the matrix really is a system into which you're born It pre-exists you, of course And someone else designed it and you had no say in it uh, Not only that, when you're in it You really truly have no say in what happens within it too Everything is put on for you You're guided where to go in it And through the rooms as you grow up From kindergarten through school and through high school And all the rest of it into some workplace, and then you're a good UN citizen because you're a producer and a consumer. It means you're a taxpayer as well. And that's really what your purpose is, apparently, on the planet, according to those who set up the United Nations, and those were the Rollins Institute of International Affairs and all the big bankers, as a front group for taking over the planet. And my goodness, they're actually doing it. And, of course, they wanted a world that was run by experts, rather than have people live the way they wanted to live, think what they wanted to think. No, they'd teach them and train them. They call it adult education, uh, continuous adult education through, through the media. You're upgraded all the time in the latest political correctness. A lot of it you don't mind because you start laughing at things that should disgust you and, and things like comedies, for instance. Once you start laughing, you're a goner. You don't realize you're being downloaded with um, a fake idea of whatever the subject happens to be because someone else wants you to think this way or that way or whatever. And the children at school are being utterly uh, brainwashed into sustainability. Someone sent me uh, one of the latest cartoons to do with sustainability, and it was about robots, of course. Robots that made little clicking sounds and and whistling sounds like some sort of teddy bear, I don't know, but, of course, it's designed for them to uh, really identify with. And the robots were the slaves of these fat people who couldn't get off the cars that they kind of lay upon. Uh, it It was incredibly so obvious what it was meant to be. But that's what the children are fed today. And they grow up to be your little green police. And they're going to be utterly ruthless. You won't be able to talk to them at all. There's no, there'll be no compromise with them or looking for fairness. These characters are going to be vicious, believe you me, uh, because they're, they're really being conditioned beyond even what the, uh, the Chinese conditioned their own people to be. A one-way street only, one-way thinking. That's it. And if you're having more than your fair share, as they'll say, of proportions, of portions of anything, uh, going to, you're going to suffer for it. This is the training of, of the society for the new system. It got on the go for a long time. It's just that people, people are busy working or having fun. They're told to have lots of fun these days and leave all the big problems to the big boys at the top that are paid to do it. And when you're doing that, they really are up to so much mischief you can't keep up with it. I was thinking last night, you know, because I get asked questions all the time by emails and so on. And I I, said, I thought to myself, you know, it wouldn't matter how many hard drives, external hard drives I had. You could go on for your life and another 10 lives to come uh, just gathering data. And it's going to be pretty well of no use to you. See, it's not a, it's not a lack of data that's a problem. It's a lack of concerned people. That's the problem. And I've always said that those who resist this change, you see, uh, really don't fit in to the elite who are bringing it on and who are ordering it all and paying for it all, all indoctrination and other NGOs. They don't fit in to the crowd either. The crowd will always go the way they're steered to go by those that own them, and I mean own them. So you don't belong to either group, you see, and there's nothing set up in the system for you and your own kind. That's the problem. The reason they chose democracy is because the public will be steered to vote the way they're told to vote. That's why they call it democracy, really. It's the easiest way to get them all on board with something because they go for the politician who's put out there to to promise them more than the other politician. It's all a show for the public. They know who they're putting in before you even hear the names of presidents and prime ministers And they know their part in the agenda. They might not know much more than that because everybody is told just enough for their own particular function and level. That's the real world. But, you know, you can't go anywhere across the world today without this sustainability sustainability just hitting you in the face from a thousand directions. Remember, as I say, a good UN citizen is a good producer and consumer. That means if you're only someone who's consuming, you're ill, you're disabled, or you're elderly, you're a bad citizen, obviously. You're a burden on society. So you're back to eugenics again. And the big eugenics movements that came out uh, openly with Darwin, it was on the go before Darwin, actually, but uh, they came out openly with Darwin, and they used all his material that his father and grandfather had all written before him, to justify why they'd have to get rid of the undesirable types in society. And they're listed later on the cost of keeping criminals in prison, that type of thing. And all you have to do is to look around your own Congress in the U.S. and the Canadian Parliament and the British system and realize the people who are advocating this eugenic system and really the eradication of the unfit, they all got to the top through slaughtering people. Well, how do you think the Ro- Rockefellers got to the top? By burning other guy's wells off and so on. They had gangs on the go. They're the biggest crooks of all. But of course, they don't mention that part of it. Um, they get to the top, and suddenly their offspring are very, very acceptable to society, very prominent people because they're stinking rich from all the, the loot that they gathered by. Killing you off and getting rid of all their competition. So the world is run by criminals, really, uh, dressed in suits and ties. I prefer the old type. They used to give you guys like Hitler or Stalin or Mussolini uh, or Castro even with a uniform on. So you, you knew you were under an authoritarian system. This way they do it in business suits, you see. And you're getting the same thing via a business suit. Uh, Telling the same things Now, in the Club of Rome and others They have said that democracy was too cumbersome They couldn't get their agenda forward fast enough Because of too many different parties All fighting each other uh, Wanting different things So they were creating a system of post-democratic governance Governance is a term that's used everywhere It's used through through, industries, through commerce Through the NGOs and all the writings Governance, you see, this overlap of, of uh, uh, big money, big corporations, and your governmental system, governance, international, experts, again, involved and in on board with it. But they also said, too, it would have to be an authoritarian society. And you're now under authoritarianism. And you'll be taught more and more of this authoritarianism as time goes on, as they push more and more laws, that are going to really tick you off. And you'll pay extra fees and fines for different things that are coming down the pike. But you'll get used to it pretty well. Because as they know, as Darwin said, the man is the most adaptable species on the planet. And those just want a good time and to be left alone uh, really won't notice it very much. They'll just pay up their extra fees and so on. And obey the, the, the latest laws. And don't say the, the, the certain words and don't call people certain names and stuff like that. Whatever it happens to be, they'll all be on board with the, with the political correctness, you see. Which stifles all kind of speech completely. You know, when the Soviets came in under the Bolsheviks, and really the Bolshevik revolution was a coup. It wasn't really a revolution, it was a coup in the middle of the night when a gang of guys took over uh, the socialist uh, parties overnight with machine guns. And now we all trained small, very small army. But the first laws they passed were the hate laws, believe it or not, hate laws, because they didn't want people asking questions about why one particular people seemed to be running everything in this wonderful new uh, Soviet type of democracy that they'd hoped to bring in. And people caught on very quickly what, the, what would happen if they did. And when that happens, you really start to police yourself. And that's part of it, too. You'll see this all through the UN writings and other writings from the big NGOs and the foundations, how they're teaching the public, training the public to self-police, as they call it. Not only yourself, but your neighbors, and even people you talk to next door or or, or at school or wherever, they'll also police you as as well as themselves to make sure there's, there's nothing wrong with you. Because everybody's supposed to adapt to the new political correctness at the same time, you see. This is the world they're bringing in. Even in Britain, uh, they brought in, as I say, the, I mentioned this yesterday, the new communitarian uh, system is going in fast, uh, where little communities will then have the little local representatives, but they'll be under expert guidance, you see, because the leaders will be supplied to them. Most folk in an area have no clue about how things work at all, financial or otherwise, and so they've already been trained the leaders are already placed and planted, embedded in the different areas to take over as the leaders. They're the ones who your locals will elect. And they'll go off uh, to, to the federal government or to the local bank and ask for this and that and the other on your behalf. And you're left with the tab as well as the, the national tab as well to pay off. To get you all used to, it, to, make you think that you're all in it together. You're, you're, you're participating in your own future. But they call you stakeholders. And I went through that too. A stakeholder has, is not a shareholder. Uh, the Palestinians, for instance, are stakeholders. They have an interest in being there and trying to stay there and live there. The people who live in the Amazon forest are also stakeholders. They haven't gone forward. They don't know how or even heard of the United Nations. Uh, to go forward and say, we want to be recognized as a nation with our own rights and so on. So, so they really, they're really they stakeholders, but they're not shareholders. And that's why they get, they'll get raped and pillaged like every other country that doesn't go off to the UN and say, please, make us a state. And if the UN doesn't recognize you, well, that's it, you're tough luck. It's your fair game for anybody who wants to come in and take your land, which is always big commerce. And that's the real world. And there are thousands and thousands of these non-governmental organizations working all the time, round the clock, in shifts, full-time salaries, big wages, to do us all in, and we don't elect any of them. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the Matrix just talking about the big system under which we live, and most people don't even know what their, their own governments are up to, and that's supposed to be that way, because governments have never, ever been in the business of being honest to the people about anything. Uh, it's like an art of chronology. It's been that way our whole life. It's been that for a hundred years at least, in fact, in all countries. And... The Soviet system were a bit, they did it easier because they didn't have to pretend to try and give the people reasons for things. It just told them what to do. Well, that's the system we're going into now as well. They want us to jump, jump into the new system. Whenever they say jump, we jump. Or you get massive fines, you get punishment. You know, very, very basic animalistic type of training, very Pavlovian. And that's what's coming down the pike. Now in Britain, of course, which is a flagship for the world where this all, all this started Um, they're bringing a civilian force along with the regular police to get them used especially young ones, to get them used to policing their own communities as civilians. Now, do you really want to live in that kind of society? And by the way, you know, where is it written? Mind you, there's no real constitution in Britain for all that they keep talking, there's a constitution. It's a verbal, it's an oral thing, which means it's completely elastic. But... uh, Where is it written in anybody's constitution uh, that the government can just get up and do this kind of thing with civilian policing? In other words, spies everywhere. Once you create that kind of society, you'll be scared to talk to anybody, even in casual conversation. And that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to make you start living inside your head uh, in Orwellian fashion. And Orwell put it very well in 1984, the book that was written about this phase of the system before we go completely into the Huxleyan phase of Brave New World. Actually, both are on the go at the same time, but we have to get trained, really trained quickly through fear uh, by the Orwellian-type phase. And... um, in Orwell's uh, 84, everyone had to guard their thoughts, even their expressions on their face, because there were cameras, just like today, all over the place watching you. And I've read articles here before where they are put in the programs already to try and detect emotion so that they can do pre-arrest. Is this person getting angry here? Is, is their jaw tense? Is that muscle twitching? Or whatever it happens to be. This stuff is already in use. For world pay, uh, safety and peace, you understand, as, as the way they push it. So we're all just uh, cattle in the big s- scheme of things. Some are better than others. I like the way that, that um, David Suzuki puts it, the great geneticist and eugenicist who's also into sustainability. Uh, and it's up on YouTube, too, where he calls people maggots. But then he goes on to explain how there's, there's higher categories of better maggots than other ones. And I guess he puts himself amongst the top worms. But anyway, these are the characters who are given unlimited funding and the doors open for them across the world to go out with their propaganda and implement various policies, these unelected people. But then you look at society yourself and you say, is there any hope really for society and the, the way they are? Um, most folk like being oblivious. And it's true, there's a tacit agreement between the populace and government to for the populace to remain ignorant there's, a, there's always a tacit agreement when you vote people in to a system which you don't know you really don't know how it works all you know is that they do a lot of harm to society through taxations and, and laws and all the rest and take you off to wars and they use uh, conscription and stuff like that that's all you really know So when you're voting, you're admitting that you don't know how it works and you agree not to know how it works, but you want them to keep going the same way. It's a tacit agreement, you see. No one can truly say they're truly ignorant of the fact that government is a very abusive system. And it's also a racket, too, because everyone who goes into it comes out very, very rich indeed, generally off of the people. So we live under a complete farce. A farce. A true farce. I mentioned too how Quigley said the same thing in his own books about this system. And he should know because he was a historian for the, for the Council of Foreign Relations. And he said that the, the, there's a convergence of the two parties as time goes on. They get closer and closer like each other until they are really one. They still keep up the pretense of how on earth can people fall for it when they think this, this, that the left is for the working people? When they see who they put in there, the multi-millionaires and all the rest, what have they got in common with you? Nothing. And apart from that, their agenda is the same agenda. There's only one agenda between right and left, and it's been like that my whole lifetime, building up to the present, to this communitarian phase and sustainability as they train us that we're really awful, nasty beasts, that are costing too much to keep us alive, according to what we put out, uh, and production, therefore, you know, we've got to just be sterilized and hopefully die off. And you will see generations coming up right now who will not have children at all. And immigration is already planned to be the, the way, it already is the way of keeping up the population in most Western countries. That, the IMF will tell you that, too. So there's report after report coming out, and that, that's what they intend to do. Because we're all economic units and apparently, and government's not there to serve us, nor business, we are there to serve it. We're economic units and that's all they care about. Are you producing enough and consuming enough, spending enough money? Now, what can you do with society who are addicted to technology because everything becomes so easy for them? people who maybe 40 years ago if you just put them back in time would walk down the roads uh, with thoughts in their head uh, you know about something maybe thinking things through and um, maybe even reading once in a while to the society today with the same person who can't get off the darn phone you're listening to the republic broadcasting network because you can handle the truth In back, and we're cutting through the matrix, talking about just the general state of affairs today. As we're all trained along a certain path, and how again you can count on the majority to really sell everyone else out, including themselves too. Because you see, everything becomes so convenient when they're giving them new phones all the time, dishing out piecemeal. Because I'm sure the end product that you'll get eventually down the road will be something they had at the very beginning. But you've got to be trained. That they're on the cutting edge, you see, as you come up with the from the floppy to this, to this, to this, to this, to this, to this. this, and, And then, you know, you've got to believe they're just doing it piecemeal and working hard as you go along to give you the best. The whole idea of the Internet was to have a controlled society. To make sure everyone would have the same information given to them at all times. To make sure that everyone was monitored 24 hours a day. All of their personality profiles are put into a a program in the Pentagon for Canada and the States and elsewhere. And you have a virtual world with a virtual you. And they can pretty well predict what you will do in any circumstance because yet they have complete profiles in you. How? Because you gave it to them. And you can't help people like that. You really can't help them. And you see, democracy works a wonderful way too. They'll say, well, eventually when these things become mandatory and you've got to have these things on you, these particular phones and so on, uh, and carry them everywhere you go, like an ID card. Um, they always wait until a certain percentage have got them, then they'll say to the rest, well, you, we're making it law now because X amount of people have got them. And that's how democracy works. They use the, the stupid ones to make sure the rest of them follow into line by passing laws. Is an article on one of the new ones that's out here, Foursquare Cyberstalker, the guy's calling it, a cyberstalker. He was a reporter telling you about this wonderful new uh, application that's out and uh, how Fokert's going into by the millions. Of course, it's an ad at the same time as it you kind know, of scares you at the same time, but it's really an ad. And it's the 27th of July. It says, move over Twitter. There's a new social networking tool. Everyone's talking about what I hadn't heard about. So once I've said it tonight, I won't mention it again, a bit out my head. It says, but is Foursquare, which reveals your exact location to other people, a stalker's dream? And then Leo Hickman, the reporter, reveals how he used it to follow a stranger. Well, don't forget that the NSA are the guys that want you to have these things in the first place. Don't ever forget that. And that should be in the story too, but it's not. It says Louise is, she mentions how she looks in the whole thing because she's got a photograph of her and her age. She's in her 30s. She works in a recruitment organization. And he knows what train station she uses, what supermarket she shopped at last night, where she met her friends for a meal in her hometown last week. At the moment, she's somewhere inside a pub in front of me meeting with colleagues after work. But Louise is a complete stranger, until ten minutes ago, when I discovered she was located within a mile of me, I didn't even know of her existence. But equipped only with a smartphone and an increasingly popular social science networking, uh, social networking application called Foursquare, very Masonic too, I have located her to within just a few meters accessed her Twitter account, and conducted multiple cross-reference Google searches using the personal details I've already managed to accrue about her from her online presence. In the short time it's taken me to walk to this pub in central London, I probably know more about her than if I'd spent an hour talking to her face-to-face. She doesn't know it yet, but Louise is about to meet her new digital stalker. He says, this is the latest social networking tool to generate online buzz. That's for the worker bees, the buzz, you see. The story has become very familiar in recent years, and then it gives you the usual BS, bothersome stuff. A bright young thing develops an internet application Yeah, sure, that connects people And allows them instantly to communicate with each other Within months, a million or more people Around the planet are using it Investors queue up expressing an interest And speculation begins about how much Google, Yahoo, Apple or Microsoft Is willing to throw down to snap it up To date, the speculative figure In the media has reached uh, 100 million US So it says Twitter, Facebook, MySpace and Bebo Have all come before it But Foursquare promises something new. After a decade of uh, false dawns for the industry, it leads the way to a wave of new geolocative social networking tools. Unofficially, at least 2010 has been labeled by many uh, within the technology world as a year of location. In addition to offering global connectivity of Twitter and Facebook, Foursquare also uses your smartphone's global positioning system to broadcast your precise location to your friends and, should you wish, to the wider world. But it also broadcasts it to anybody who might want to stalk you, obviously. And it says users are encouraged to check in on their phone wherever, whenever they arrive at a point of interest. You see how they're being trained? You see, you, you don't... You don't program computers or these phones. They program you. Don't you don't you get that? Remember what Skinner said? To alter pe- people's behavior, you must alter something within their environment. Remember Sunstein, too, with his prompts and all the rest of it, how they prompt the people and guide them into making the right choices. This is what all this is about, too. And the schmucks that use it never catch on. Why? Because other pals are, are schmucks as well doing the same damn thing. So it says, whether I have a point of interest, a shop, a cafe, museum, a nightclub, an office, so that fellow users know where they are. A great way, supposedly, to see if any of your friends are around and about. Glance down at your phone, and as I did with Louise, see the names of all the other users around you within a mile or so, and crucially, um, this is exactly where they are and fellow users uh, they're with. You'll, you'll, You'll find out who's all around. So... He follows her, He goes to the bar, and finds out she's downstairs in the basement where there's a private meeting, and then eventually he introduces her and blah, 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 and tells her all about herself. And she's all astonished, but then she thinks, well, you know, I guess it's a trade-off, you know, and, and it'll be a good thing at the same time. So that's how they put it across to you. How wonderful, eh? But as I say, this is for anyone to, to find out about, but this stuff's really for the NSA. And all the other guys who want to know what you're up to and what you're eating and what your outlay is for food every day. All that kind of stuff. But you can't stop them. It's, it's, just, it's amazing we live in a society where no one can shut up anymore. You go into a supermarket and you hear people babbling with this thing stuck on their face. Babbling about utter trivia. It's got to babble. Constantly. It's amazing. When you're babbling, you're not thinking. And that's what they've got. They want a society that doesn't think. Amazing. That's amazing. And eventually, of course, they'll have government agencies phoning them up directly, uh, ordering you what to do or don't buy that, don't buy that. You know, you're, you're, you're overweight by so and so, blah, blah, blah. Uh, please put that down. Yeah, 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 It's so darned obvious what's coming down the pike as the, as the, they get trained step by step by step. So, so easy. And I've also touched on, too, about depopulation. There's many ways to depopulate. The stealth way is the way they did it in the Western world through inoculations and the food supply. And Canada, uh, they were the test group in Canada, um, because Canadians don't care much about anything. They're not really fussy about you know, getting upset. And they became the, the, the guinea pigs to test out their GMO food for 10 years because the government admitted when at once it was exposed from Britain, uh, that the government had made secret deals with Monsanto and others to try their food on the population. But having a National Health Service, you see, you could, you could track everyone and find out all, all the new diseases that were breaking out, new complications and odd symptoms and odd new diseases, as I say, that, that were not in the books before. So they know it's working perfectly well with all the sick folk around. So now they want to spread it on the rest of the world. But... Uh, there's other ways of doing it too. With, with a lot of the Arab countries, for instance, and this is about, um, this is from the BBC initially, and I've mentioned, I've touched on this, but Fallujah, it's just like Bosnia. Whenever the NATO goes in or, or the Western powers go in with their depleted uranium uh, tipped bullets and from the, from the big heavy cannon on the aircraft and on their tanks as well for armor piercing, they literally activate the, these darn things. They get, they get white hot. And they create a powder that spreads all over the place And it's radioactive Depleted doesn't mean that there's nothing there It means it's depleted to a certain extent And that's what they coat their shells with Well, we've read about this before Fallujah Children's uh, Genetic Damage And that was July 21st Cancer, leukemia and infant mortality Are all increasing in the Iraqi town of Fallujah we saw fierce fighting between U.S. forces and Sunni insurgents, meaning people who are fighting for their, for their tongue, a news survey says. Still one of the most dangerous places in Iraq, doctors have been reporting a large number of birth defects since the 2004 offensive, and that's all the BBC says about it. But then you go into uh, this one here, and it's the Arab world, I'll put these links up too, cuttingthroughmatrix.com at the end of the show. Thursday, the the 7th, it says. Results of a population-based epidemiological study uh, organized by Malak Hamden and Chris Busby were published in the International Journal of Environmental Studies and Public Health, based in Basel, Switzerland. They show increases in cancer, leukemia, and infant mortality And perturbations of the normal human population birth sex ratio significantly greater than those reported for the survivors of the atomic bombs at Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945. So they got a higher, a higher fallout than the atomic bombs in Hiroshima and Nagasaki. There are also results of a survey in January, February 2010 of 711 houses, 711. Uh, and more than 4,000 individuals in Fallujah show That in the five years following the 2004 attacks by USA-led forces There's been a fourfold increase in all cancers Interestingly, the spectrum of cancers similar to that In the Hiroshima the survivors who were exposed to the ionizing radiation From the bomb and uranium in the fallouts By comparing the sample population rates to the cancer rates in Egypt and Jordan researchers found there has been a 38-fold increase in leukemia, almost a 10-fold increase in female breast cancer, and significant increases in lymphoma and brain tumors in adults. So they based on 16 cases and a 5-year period, the 12-fold increase in childhood cancer in those aged 0 to 14 were particularly marked. The cancer and leukemia increases were all in younger people. That would normally be expected Infant mortality was found to between 80 to per 1,000 births, which compares to the value of 19 in Egypt, 17 in Jordan, and 9.7 in Kuwait. That's quite a, a, a difference. An important result is that the sex ratio, which is normal populations as always, 1,050 boys born uh, per 1,000 girls, was seriously reduced in the group born immediately after 2005 one year after the conflict. In this group, the sex ratio was 860. So it'll, it'll kill off future fighters. I don't know if you've, you've ever read some, some of the things from the Pentagon that's been declassified over years and so on, where they actually talk about killing off the next generation before they, they even grow up. Or bef- right, at, right at birth too. How do we find ways that the, that the women will have fewer boys? This, this, is the, this is the mentality of those who rule the world. These are the top predators. Nothing is sacred. There's no area that's sacred to them that they won't go into. Yeah, how do we get rid of the next year? If we going to have a 40-year war here, uh, how can we reduce our, our casualties and make it cheaper? Uh, well, get less men. Born. It works very well, doesn't it? This is all discussed at the top. And we think that these governments are going to represent us and, and somehow be more benevolent to us. no they 've been doing it in a different way over here, as I say as I say in Canada for sure, and uh, the states as well they 've got it throughout the states with the GMO food and the inoculations, etc etc men don 't physically change. Don't physically change without something changing them. I'm talking about the size of their shoulders and all the rest of it. Something changes them, folks. It doesn't happen by itself. And the ones at the top just smile at each other, have a good laugh, and keep quiet about it. That's how they're running the world. Because who would stand up against this authoritarian new world order where you won't be able to do anything without permission from unelected NGO leaders. Hmm? They'd be the guys. What do you do? Well, you either make them very effeminate or or you you make them very uh, weak physically. Won't give you much problem. But that's the world we're living in. It's a corrupt, corrupt world. And no wonder, because it's it's the way of history. Royalty, for instance, has got to be royalty because they start off as a big family that slaughtered other families and took over their their holdings and their land. And then they would take over other until they became, you know, huge. Then entire guys to be in their armies. And with those armies, been often conquered and slaughtered people who wouldn't give up their land. People naturally don't give up their land. It's always been that way. It's a strange thing, that, isn't it? And, um, and these guys want to rule, rule it all and rule the peasants on it and even own the peasants on it like the feudal system. But it's no different in business. To get up on top of business, you have to have a psychopathic personality. You've got to get the personality, like Madoff and other characters, that comes up with these great cons, uh, builds pyramid schemes, rakes in billions, and makes sure that before you're caught, there's billions put offshore into your private bank accounts, and you have no conscience about it at all. And you staff, then you staff your armies with guys like that who go through the psychological test to see if they have the good psychopathic qualities to be utterly merciless and ruthless. And they'll go off and make sure that a country is properly exploited, people are killed off and they take over. Using this, and what's getting me is really ticked off is they use the word to democratize the world to bring justice and democracy. You know, the ancient Romans used to call every country they wanted to invade barbarian. We're off to tame the barbarians and bring them civilization. Nothing changes as they go in and plunder. Nothing changes down through history. But in politics, as I say, you'll never get the truth. Never, ever get the truth in anything. From politics The only time you get a bit of truth Is when they say Yeah we're going to tax you That's about as much as you get in truth The reasons they're going to tax you Is always a lie Because it never goes to where That's where it's supposed to go Francis Bacon Wrote a It's like a resume for King James you should get it and read it And you know, all his little sayings And how to run people and governments and, so, and he says it's best If the people never know What the, what the machinations of government And the purpose truly are Nothing's changed in all these hundreds of years. They're just better at it. Everything goes through public relations organizations that they all have, which means they spin it off into an acceptable, plausible way for the public to accept. And if there's half a of 1% of plausibility, the public will say, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that. That's all they need is half a percent. Now the US is going into this wonderful sustainability thing and they're going to have, they're going to have a national health service. I'll be back with more on this after this break. We're cutting through the matrix Talking about the National Health Service Its true function was never to be what the people thought it was It's helped to certainly make them an awful lot sicker Down through the ages with their mandatory inoculations And all that kind of stuff But here's an article from Britain Just for the US to who are, who are going into it very. In fact all the machinery I've talked to so many people in the hospitals The machinery to set up the transfer is already happening It's been happening before Obama came in in fact But here's an article here from The Telegraph. The axe falls on the National Health Service in the UK. National Health Service bosses have drawn up secret plans. There's democracy in action, eh? Uh, They've drawn up secret plans for sweeping cuts to services with restrictions on the most basic treatments for the sick and injured. Well, that's straight eugenics. That sounds okay, right? And this is for 24th of July. It says, some of the most common operations, including hip replacements and cataract surgery, will be rationed. There you go, we're into rationing as part of attempts to save billions of pounds, despite government promises that frontline services would be protected, while well, the government's liars anyway, and, and apart from that, international monetary fund always slash healthcare and pensions and all the rest of it when they take over, and they have taken over a lot of countries, by the way. So, as his patients' groups have described the measures as astonishingly brutal, well, so what? I mean, they're doing it. Investigation by the Sunday Telegraph has uncovered widespread cuts planned by the National Service, many of which have already been agreed by senior health service officials. They include restrictions to some of the most basic and common operations. And i will just mention some of them. It says plans to cut hundreds of thousands of pounds on the budgets for the terminally ill. Well, of course, they're useless eaters. You see, they're not producers. They're just consumers. With dying cancer, patients to be told to manage their own symptoms if the condition worsens at evenings or weekends. <laughs> the closure of nursing homes for the elderly. Well, that's right, that's all in the cards, eugenics, you see, for sustainability reasons, of course, in the planet. The reduction in acute hospital beds, including those for the mentally ill, with targets to discourage GPs from sending patients to hospital and reduce the number of patients, people using accident and emergency departments. So don't bother going if your brain gets cleaved open by somebody in the street a rationing of National Health Service funding for IVF treatment and for surgery for obesity. See, the are like Germany. Oh, you're a bad person. Smokers were first. Now it's the obese, you know. Thousands of job losses at the National Hospital, including 500 staff to go to a trust where cancer patients recently suffered delays in diagnosis and treatment because of staff shortages. And here we are given billions across the planet to make things equal, you know, and sustainable across the world for people. Haven't, don't people ever get the message? When did they really get ticked off? Did they ever get ticked off? Is there a, is there a particular stage where it all snaps and they gotta do something? You would hope so. You would hope so, wouldn't you? This is what I've got for the US lined up, folks. And they're already implementing it, by the way. Mind you, you can go into the British hospitals and get a vasectomy on the spot. And you get an abortion and, uh, or your tubal ligation because you see you don't produce children then. And that's, that's a priority. That'll go ahead. But anything else, you know, um, just, just go home and, and you know, take an aspirin or something. I guess that's the treatment they're going to give you. Beautiful, isn't it? Darn beautiful. And folk never get it. They never get angry. Just play, have lots of sex, get drunk every weekend. And forget it all, eh? Till Monday. Well, they're all goners, folks. I'm only speaking to the ones who are not gone and don't want to be. From Hamish, myself from Ontario, Canada, it's night to me, your God, or your God's go with you.